Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas, of course, the host of this podcast, current student at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism, you know, sports journalist and graphic designer, graduating pretty soon in a couple months. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I need a job. And on there, you can see my latest work, my resume, my packages, my articles, my photos, my graphic design. So please go check out my website. Now for today's show, we got a jam-packed one as always. I got I'm trying to do this new series now where I just compare the D-backs to the other teams in the NL West. And so today, we're going to talk about the D-backs versus the Padres. Who's better? We're going to go through the offseason, the lineup, things like that. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be the whole show today. D-backs versus Padres talk. But first, if you're a company that wants to reach men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in this age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's jump right into it. Padres versus D-backs. All right. So let's figure out who's the better team between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Diego Padres. Now, to do this, we're gonna look. We're gonna need to look at a few different criteria. One, we're gonna have to look at the offseason moves by both teams. Two, we're gonna have to look at the projected lineups for each team. Three, the rotation, and four, the relievers. So, based off that four criteria. We're going to decide who's a better team. Yeah, we could get into managers and front office stuff like that as well. But I think I'm just the kind of guy that believes players are most responsible for team success. And that doesn't mean coaching doesn't matter. I think managers are a critical piece in baseball. You know, they make all the moves in terms of relievers and things like that. And of course, front office guys decide, uh, build the construction of the team. But for the purpose of this segment, we're just going to look at the players, the guys on the field, and decides and decide who's better on the diamond. Who in that clubhouse has the better players, the Padres or the D-backs? So let's first start with the offseason moves. The D-backs had a very good offseason. Uh, there are two main acquisitions, I would say, are Mass and Bumgarner, of course, and Starling Marte. They signed Bumgarner to a pretty nice deal, five years, 85, not too much money for him. And then they traded a couple of prospects for Starling Marte. So I like those two moves, of course. And then you got Cole Calhoun as a 30, 30 home run outfielder. You got Junior Guerrero and Hector Rondon as two middle relievers. So I liked what the D-backs did in that in those offseason moves. And then let's compare that to the Padres. Let's see what they did. Their biggest signing was probably Drew Pomerantz, a former starter for them. You know, he used to pitch for them back, I believe, in like uh, a few seasons ago. He only pitched one season with them before. But the Padres were really big in the trade market this offseason. They traded their outfielder Hunter Renfro along with Xavier Edwards and a player to be named later to Tampa Bay for Tommy Pham and catcher prospect Jake Cronenworth. And then they also got uh, outfielder Trent Grisham, Trent Grisham and right-hander Zach Davies from Milwaukee for 
a couple of their a couple of their top prospect prospects in Luis Urias and left-hander Eric Lauer and a cash or a player to be named later. Then they also they did a lot of moves with the Rays. They also got reliever Emilio Pagan and Logan Driscoll for Manuel Margot. So they sent Margot to the Rays also. And then the Padres also dealt catcher Austin Allen and a player to be named later for uh, Jaraxon Profar from Oakland. So the Padres did a few things. So in totality, they got Drew Pomerantz, they got Tommy Fan, they got Trent Grissom, they got Zach Davies, and they got Jaraxon Profar, and they got Emilio Pagan. Those are their biggest offseason acquisition. acquisition. So if I compare the Padres' offseason moves to the D-backs, I would probably have to say the D-backs had a better offseason. I don't think it's particularly close. Madison Bumgarner is a Cy Young caliber starter, top of the rotation guy, arguably the best free agent pitcher after Garrett Cole on the market. So the D-backs were able to lock him up. And then got a five-tool, gold-glove, all-star player in Starling Marte uh, to be your center fielder. So I love that move. And they, I, didn't, I feel like they didn't give up too much for him. Then to sign Cole Calhoun, a 30-bomb guy, and Junior Guerrero and Hector Rondon. I really like those signings as two middle reliever guys, maybe potential closers in Hector Rondon, and maybe a potential spot starter in Junior Guerrero. And then for the Padres, you know, I wasn't in total, I, I wasn't totally in love with what they did this offseason. They traded Hunter Renfro and a couple guys for Tommy Pham. So I feel like that wasn't a huge upgrade. I don't feel like Tommy Pham is way better than Renfro. I believe Pham is a little bit younger. He's a little bit better on the base pass, but they don't they both don't hit for very high average. They're both more power guys. Pham is better on the base pass. He could get you 20 stolen bases. But I don't think that was a huge upgrade for the Padres, trading outfielders for outfielders. I don't I don't really see a huge upgrade there. And then they, they got outfielder Trent Grissom and Zach Davies for a couple of their pro- top prospects. So whenever you're trading prospects, it can leave it can leave you a little bit concerned whether they develop into, you know, great players down the line, but you play too many people are afraid basically to trade potential for what's proven. Sometimes in, in sports, you just got to trade for those veterans. You got to trade for established starters and stars, you know. Sometimes front office people hold on to, to picks and prospects too long just because of potential, and they never pan out. So I don't mind trading prospects for guys who are already proven, but I'm not too sure Trent Grisham is a guy who's proven. He only played last year as a rookie, so He's still young, and he has potential. I know I was just saying you shouldn't trade guys for potential, but at least he was already in the majors as opposed to the other two prospects that the Padres uh, traded to the Brewers. And then they also got Zach Davies because they really struggled with their starting pitching last season. So I think Zach Davies is really going to help that. He's a very he, he's a solid pitcher. He's more of a number three guy, I would probably say on most teams, maybe a four. Some years he has been as good as maybe a number two, but I think he's more of a three, four starter. So I really think that's going to help the Padres there. And then they also got Emilio Pagan for Emmanuel Margot. So Margot, he he used to be a top prospect too. He's a younger guy who hasn't he he's shown flashes, but he hasn't popped yet. He hasn't had that breakout season. So I don't mind trading Margot for an established reliever like Pagan, who was really good last year for Tampa Bay. 
And then the Padres also had a hold at second base, so they try, uh, traded one of their catchers, Austin Allen, for Jarax and Profar. Profar is another one of those guys. He used to be the number one prospect in baseball. And everyone, when he was coming up through the minors, I heard everyone saying, oh, this guy's a 5-2 player. He's going to be a future all-star. And Profar hasn't shown it yet thus far in his young career. I don't know if he ever will. He hit for a very low average last year. He did get you 20 bombs, but we'll see how he looks in a Padres uniform. So I thought the Padres had some interesting moves, but I w- they had some, some areas that were weak, like their starting pitching. So they did address that with Zach Davies. Uh, they did feel fill a couple of the fill a couple of their outfield spots after making some trades to make holes there. So I guess they filled those outfield spots with Tommy Pham and Trent Grisham after trading away Manuel Margot and Hunter Renfro. But I'm not sure those are big upgrades. I'm not even sure they even got better in those areas. I would say probably Profar is an upgrade over Ian Kinsler at this point of their career. So I like that move for. Uh, the Padres, but overall, I would say the offseason was easily won by the D-backs. I think they just got better players and didn't really give up a lot to get those players. It was mostly through free agent signings, as opposed to the Padres, who I feel gave up a lot during uh, during the offseason and didn't really get big upgrades back, so that's why I would have to give it to the D-backs over the Padres. All right, we'll be right back with more of that Padres versus D-backs debate between myself and I after this quick message. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's God rating, Tom's God rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale of 2020. If you're looking to lose weight, willpower is key. But so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for durability and exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every way and syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you need to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off of Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash M-O-B to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash M-O-B to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. Welcome back to segment, not segment number two. It's actually just the continued conversation between myself and I on who is better, D-backs or Padres. Here it is. And then if I look at the potential lineup for the Padres, you got Austin Hedges at catcher, Hosmer at first, Profar at second base, Tatis at shortstop, Machado at third, Fam in the outfield, Grisham and Myers also in the outfield. So when I compare that lineup to the to the D-backs, we'll just go down the list by uh, by each position. If we look at the catcher, Austin Hedges versus Carson Kelly, they're very similar. But I think I would have to give it to Carson Kelly. Austin Hedges, 
he struggled last year. Carson Kelly didn't, you know, he wasn't a world beater, a world beater either. But I think he just played a little bit better. He showed a little bit more pop. I mean, Austin Hedges only batted 176 last year in 100 games. So he really struggled for the Padres. So I definitely have to say the catcher position is won by the D-backs. And then let's look at the first base. They signed Eric Hosmer last uh, last offseason to that big deal, that long-term deal. I wasn't sure Hosmer is the kind of guy that could garner that kind of contract. And just his first season with the Padres, he played all right, 265, 22 bombs, but those numbers aren't really better than a Christian Walker who is pretty much picked up for nothing by the D-backs. So when you're considering a guy like Walker who's barely getting paid anything and a guy like Hosmer is getting like $20 million a year, I think I would have to give it to Walker there. We look at second base. This one's not even a comparison. Profar versus Keto Marte. I don't even think I have to get into that argument. So second base, easily by the D-backs. Let's look at shortstop. Okay, this one is easily by the Padres. You got Fernando Tatis Jr., who was a monster last year. You know, in only 84 games, he batted 317, 22 bombs, 16 stolen bases. And he was only 20 years old, so you know this guy is going to be a force in baseball for years to come. As opposed to Nick Ahmed, who's been getting better offensively, but he's still only a defensive wizard. He did get a contract extension, so the D-backs fans are happy with that. But who's a better player? It's Fernando Tatis, and it's not even a question. Now the next one. This one's actually kind of interesting. Manny Machado versus Eduardo Escobar. Now when you just say the names, you're automatically going to be of course, Manny Machado is one of the 10 best players in baseball. But if we just look at 2019, Machado batted 256 with 32 bombs, 85 ribbies. His numbers pretty much across the board were worse than Eduardo Escobar. Now, granted, Machado's an elite defensive third baseman, but offensively last year, you can easily make the case Eduardo Escobar was the better offensive player. Now, is Eduardo Escobar going to have a little bit of a regression? Is Machado going to have a bounce back? Yeah, probably. I would definitely take Machado over Escobar. But just in terms of production last year, Eduardo Escobar was better. So I I won't say it's a wash. I'll say the Padres get the third baseman nod over the D-backs. But in terms of production, it, it, you never, we might have to revisit this again in a year. Now, if I look at the outfielders, uh, Cole Calhoun in right field versus... Uh, let me see, probably a Tommy. Well, let's just go in the outfield in general. You got Will Myers, Tommy Pham, and Trent Grisham versus Starling Marte, Cole Calhoun, and David Peralta. The D-backs outfield has got probably like 330 home run guys. And then you got another guy in Starling Marte could get you 20 bombs. Then you look at the Padres. We don't really know where Trent Grisham is yet. We still need to see a full season of work by him. Uh... Tommy Pham is good. He can get you 25 bombs, get you 25 stolen bases. I, I kind of think he's like a poor man's Starling Marte. I don't think he's quite on his level just yet. And then Will Myers, another one of those guys who's a top, who was a top prospect, who just hasn't recognized his potential yet, and he's going to be 29 years old. So I don't think we'll, we'll ever see the, the potential that we thought we were going to see from Will Myers. I mean, he batted 240 last year with 18 bombs in 155 games. So... If I just have to go by the outfield spot, I'm going to have to give it to the D-backs once again. So already through the offseason moves, the lineup, it's been D-backs all the way. Now, how about uh, the starting pitching, the rotation? Who's better there? Well, for the Padres, their projected starting rotation is Chris Paddock, 
Uh, okay, this name is hard. Denelson Lamette. I hope I got that one right. And then Garrett Richards, Zach Davies, and Joey Lucchesi. That one's also a tough one. So when I look at those guys, you know, Joey Lucchesi, he was okay last year. He was uh, he had he was ten and ten with a four point one ERA. So I think he could, you know, he's only twenty six. He's gonna be twenty seven. So I could see that number going down a little bit. Garrett Richards coming off the the Tommy John surgery. He's gonna have more. Uh, he he's farther removed from the Tommy John surgery, I should say. So maybe he'll finally get back to the pretty, you know, who's like low key a number two starter for the Angels over a five year stretch. So maybe he'll get back to that. Chris Paddock was pretty good last year, only 23 years old. He had a 3.33 year array and 140 innings pitch last season. So I do like him as well. And then Denelson Lamette, he had a 4.07 year array. So that's not too bad either. Also 27 years old. And then you got Zach Davies as the final starter. Now, I don't know in terms of how they're going to project them as the one, two, three, four, and five starters. But I do think they have a solid rotation. It's pretty young. I don't think they have a. I don't think they have any elite arms. I don't think they have a number one guy. I'm not even sure if they have a true number two yet. But they do have young guys with potential who could be on that trajectory. I mean, I do like a Chris Paddock at only 23 years old. Garrett Richards could get back to what he showed in uh, Los Angeles. And I think that could be very good for the team. We'll see if uh, Zach Davies can get back to the form where he could be a guy that pitches between a 2-5 and a 3-5 ERA. So they have their, their starting rotation has potential to be great in 2020. And I think that's the same with the D-backs rotation as well. But they do have something that the Padres don't. They have that ace. They have Madison Bumgarner, a Cy Young caliber pitcher. So I like him. And then in terms of their other starters, it's like the Padres. Young guys, not proven by their young guys, pitched way better than the Padres' young guys last year. Zach Gallen, Luke Weaver, Alex Young, all those guys pitched better than most Padres starters last season outside of maybe a, maybe a Chris Paddock. So if I look at the two rotations, I'm going to have to give it to the D-backs again. They got the younger guys who pitched better last season, and they got the ace. So that's already three categories I've gone through where the D-backs have swept the Padres. Now the last one where the Padres might have a say is when it comes to their to their bullpen. Uh, the, the, the Padres have one thing that I want the D-backs to have, and that is a shutdown closer. The, the Padres have Kirby Yates, who had a 1.19 ERA last year and 41 saves. He was a beast in 60 innings, had 101 strikeouts. So I don't think the D-backs have anything close to a, a Kirby Yates. And they have like a Michael Baez, who had 3.03 year array. A Craig Stamen, who had a 3.29 year array. You know, Eric Yardley, 2.31. So the Padres have some arms. I think the D-backs have some good arms, too, with Archie Bradley, a Guerrero now. You know, you got Kevin Ginkle, who can maybe be that shutdown closer like Kirby Yates. But the D-backs don't have anyone just yet in that category. I think maybe I've always said Ginkle has that potential to be a shutdown closer, but we'll see if it ever materializes. So in terms of bullpen and the best, especially the back end of the bullpen, I think I would have to give it to the Padres. And but that's only one category. So in totality, I just named offseason moves, the lineup, the rotation and the projected bullpen. And three of those four categories, the D-backs won. So what kind, of, what, what kind of conclusion can I make from that? The D-backs are a better team than the Padres. Point blank, and I don't even think it's a question. 
I do think the D-backs will be, you know, the number two team in the division next season. A lot of people like the Padres, though. I've been talking to Javi, the host of the Lockdown Padres. He's like them. Talked to to Jenna, the host of the Lockdown Rockies. She told me to watch out for the Padres. So maybe I'm I'm just missing something. I, I don't ever remember really in my lifetime the Padres ever really contending for anything. Even a, a wild card spot, really. So why would I think all of a sudden they, they'll do it now? The Petco Park, the Padres Park, is just hard to... It's not a hitter-friendly ballpark. And I don't think the Padres necessarily have the tools to be a great team in 2020 or even better than the D-backs so in conclusion the D-backs are just a flat-out better team than the San Diego Padres thank to everyone who tuned into that edition of the Lock on Padres podcast I got one question before you guys go what are you doing for the game whether you're the casual follower, the tweets everything person, the beginner, the diehard, the stat nerd, the smack talker, the appetizer guy, the couldn't care less, or the makes everything into a competition person, we all have our place in the sports world. The same personalities apply to fantasy sports. And Lee Commission exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you. We match managers to leagues as we lay the foundation for your new league, it's as easy as sign up with your preferences, get match, and approve of that match before any commitment on your end. So, what are you doing for the game? Find your next fantasy sports league at leaguecommish.com. Now, thank you to everyone who tuned into this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks. Go tell your Alexa device to play the newest episode of the Locked On Fantasy MLB so you guys can stay up to date with fantasy news, updates, rankings. And then come back tomorrow where it's Fastball Friday. So I'll be letting off some hot takes. And then go back and listen to any pods you haven't listened to this week. Yesterday, I talked about who should be the D-backs closer. So go check that out. Hope everyone is out there staying safe and staying healthy. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Peace.